All right, gang. Hey, thanks for joining me this evening. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to check in. And man, we got a great show tonight. Tonight, man, we're going to talk about why teams and athletes continue to win or have winning performances when they're not at their best. And we see that all the time. We see it in, in major league sports. We see it in big amateur events. And so in this broadcast, I'm going to share with you why top athletes and teams continue to have winning performances when they're not at their best. And I'm going to take you inside the mindset piece and also I'm going to take you inside their training. Not only how this happens, which is important, I'm going to talk to you about how this happens so you can have some good take home, but also why this happens. So. If you've never met me before, I'm Sean Humphreys. I'm a high-performance coach. I work with individuals all around the world and uh, consult for over 20 university teams around the country. Um, also have an opportunity to work with the New Orleans Saints and uh, pitchers in Major League Baseball, like the Washington Nationals just won the World Series, which is pretty cool. But whether you're a, um, a highly skilled athlete or you're on your way to being one, or you just want to improve your performance, you're in the right place, right? Make sure you can hear me, give me a thumbs up, give me a little love, give me a wow. Hey, also, share it with somebody. Uh, let them know that you're listening to something and watching something that's, that's pretty cool, right? I wanna have your comments, make sure you give me your comments tonight, because I like going through those and answering them. And because especially on the rebroadcast, uh, it gives me a chance to dive in and answer some questions. So, all right, let's, let's dig in here. All right, so why is it that teams, you know, like, like the Saints, like the Patriots, um, Houston Astros, you know, these teams that, you know, San Antonio Spurs, uh, why is it that they continue to have winning performances on a regular basis when they're not at their best. You know, just for example, like with the Saints, you know, Drew Brees was out for several weeks. Bridgewater stepped in. Bridgewater hadn't played ball in a long time. And they continue to have these winning performances. And it's really interesting when you start diving into it, and also in individual sports too, especially like in golf is what we're going to be t uh, talking about um, today. So what's interesting is, is that these these teams and these athletes, they have really one single thing that really keeps them having winning performances. And if you've watched some of our uh, previous episodes or the shows on EPS, I talk about this because it's critical, but I'm really going to dive into it tonight, and it's called your self-image. Okay, And this is what allows them to perform day in and day out regardless of where their skill set is okay so and what is what is self-image okay the self-image it's the sum of your habits and your attitudes okay so it's the sum of your habits and your attitude and here's the crazy piece is, is that it makes you act like you it's your area of comfort that we like to operate in, 
And when we get outside of that comfort, we retract. And here's the crazy piece too, is that it controls, <laughs> in competition, it actually controls your skill set, right? Regardless of how skilled you are, okay? Day in and day out, you cannot outperform your self-image. It actually controls the technical piece of your game. And if it's not like you to do it in a high-stakes game or a high-stakes situation, it's not going to happen. So, for it, for instance, it's like it's like a throttle on a motorcycle. Okay, if it's like you to do it, it puts on the gas and it shoots you through it. And if it's not like you to do it, it shuts it down. So. The easiest way to, to look at it is like in golf, let's say you have a, a 75 shooter, okay? And they shoot 75, 74, 75, 76, somewhere in that range. And they happen to be having a great round coming down the stretch. And let's say they're under par on the back nine, or for the entire day they're under par. And they've got like five, six holes left. It's not like them to shoot under par. It's like them to shoot 75. That's where their self-image is. But they're having a real good day out there technically and, and got it under par. They will figure out how to shoot 75. That's why you'll see all these bogeys come into play or double bogeys and maybe even three putt the last hole to shoot 75 or even 76. That is what is called a self-image adjustment and our self-images are adjusting all the time. Depending on, hey, if we get outside of it, we're gonna retract back. Here's a crazy piece too, okay? Everything's crazy in this, in this, in this self-image, okay? The athletes and teams that get it done day in and day out, their self-image has grown so much, it's almost the same size as their skill set. So it's like you have your conscious mind, you got your subconscious mind, then underneath here, you've got your self-image. Most players' self-image, most athletes' self-image is small. Why is that? It's the last thing people pay attention to. It's the last thing that they develop. Everybody's focused on the skill set. So, I know you're shaking your head right now and it's like, man, I. I know, that's me, or that's my son, or that's my daughter, or that's my athlete. And it's like, holy cow, we see him have these great strokes of brilliance, and then all of a sudden it wanes and goes the other, it takes a dive and goes the other way. Then it comes back, and then it kind of levels out. And it's this whole Jekyll and Hyde, helter-skelter type of performance, right? I mean, that's the way I was when I performed. And so here's the thing, I got good news for you, is that you can learn how to grow and protect your self-image. That's the crazy stuff, the stuff that I learned at the Olympic level. So, so what does this look like you know, for these athletes and teams that are training and growing their self-image on a regular basis and having you know, winning performances? You know? They rarely lose in competition. You look at the New England Patriots. You know, I know they lost you know, last week or what have you. But it's not like them to lose, is it? It's like them to win, regardless. 
the self-image of the team, it's like them to win, and they don't have the most skilled athletes. Yeah, Tom Brady, he's pretty skilled, but he's, he's more skilled on the knowledge piece than he is with his physical skills. Same with Drew Brees. The guy's brilliant, and he made himself really skilled on the knowledge piece, and he's got good physical skills, but, um, excuse me, he's not, a, he's not a big guy, right? So what does it look like when, when we start looking at the training that grows the self-image? So we'll talk a little bit about the training piece. So, all right, first of all, everything that we do has to be built around growing your self-image. So it needs to have a lot of imprints, and there needs to be a lot of things that are going on. So the first thing is, is the training piece. You need to be in a solutions-based coaching program. And your, imp your imprints from your coaches needs to be based on solutions. And it's the best way to grow your self-image. That's all the training that we do in EPS. It's all based on solutions. It's all putting solutions in place. And that's how you grow your self-image is on a solutions base. So, for instance, you don't want to be in a, in a problem-based training. And I know some of those. And I know some of those coaches. And all they do is talk about the problems and they talk about what's wrong. And focusing on what you're doing wrong is one of the best ways to shrink your self-image. Talking about what you're not doing and talking about what you're doing wrong is huge mental error. And I hear athletes and parents only talking about what their son or daughter is doing wrong. We have a tendency to do it. It's not our intent to shrink their self-image, but we have a tendency to point out what is wrong. And that, folks, is a huge mental error. And the self-image has a zero chance of growing when we imprint these to our athletes, to our loved ones, our kids, so we never ever say what you don't want. You never say it. You always say what you do want. And the reason why we don't ever do that is we picture what people say. We picture what, we picture what coaches say. We picture what parents say. What the crowds say. What our friends say. You know, so for example, it's, it's what is called the principle of the picture. We picture what people say. So it's like, you know, the Little League baseball game. And little Johnny's getting ready to go up the bat, right? Coach says, Johnny, whatever you do, don't strike out. What's Johnny picturing? Striking out, man. I can't strike out. I can't strike out. What's Johnny do? He strikes out. We don't ever tell anyone what we don't want them to do. We need to tell them what they need to do. So it's like, you know, sometimes we get on a golf hole and the coach says, hey, whatever you do, don't hit it left. There's out of bounds over there. What are we picturing? Oh, there's water down there. Well, what are we picturing? We're picturing the water. What should we picture? Well, the fairway. Where do we want to hit it? What's our intent? So always remember you never talk about or you never mention what you don't want to have happen. And, you know, when we... When we look at training, you know, there's, you know, there's got to be a sense of urgency, okay? That's what the ultra-elite athletes do. They, there is a sense of urgency that they have around their training. And 
These ultra elite athletes, they work harder than everyone else. They ask more questions than everyone else. And they train longer and smarter than everyone else. And, you know, my question to you is that, are you getting any better in your competition with the way that you're doing, with the way that you're training? And also, are your qualifying scores getting better than anyone else? And these are the questions that I had to ask myself way back in the day when I'm training my athletes. And, you know, I've asked my question, okay, do I know why my athletes aren't winning? Do you know why you're not having winning performances? Those are hard questions to ask. And if you're ever gonna beat these guys, you've got to understand how to beat them, okay? And it's generally not on the technical skill side. It's on the knowledge piece and growing your self-image. I mean, bottom line, if you want it like you to, it, bottom line, let me back up, get my get tongue twisted here, not very good, all right? It's not like you to do something, okay? but you want it to become like you to do something, okay? But in order for it to become like you to do something, your training has to be set up for it to be like you to do something that you've never done before. That's about the easiest way I can say it. Your training has to be set up to push you outside your area of comfort of where your self-image is and to make you uncomfortable all the time in your training so that you get really comfortable at being uncomfortable. That's what these guys do. And you can have all the best technique in the world and be very sound with your form, but if you're consistent with your technique and you have inconsistent thoughts, from a mindset piece, and you can't control your thoughts in a round or in competition, you're in trouble. You really are. And so what happens is we end up reacting and not responding. Okay? That's how these guys train. That's that's what these the these best athletes, the women and the men, this is is this is what they do. They they train themselves to respond, and that gets into the mindset piece. So if you want to know, if you want to know what the winner's doing, you need to be hanging around the winners. That's what I did. That's why I went to the Olympic level. That's why I went to the NFL. Is that I wanted to get around what the winners are doing, and so that you can learn to respond, as opposed to reacting. And if we're reacting all the time, the winners. If you listen to interviews with these athletes, the great athletes. They don't talk about anything negative. They talk about solutions. They talk about what they need to do. They need to talk about what they need to do next. That's all they talk about. Hang around the winners. It's, it's important. So that's what we're going to touch on, you know, this evening is, is how they go about some of their training and some of the techniques that we have in place that you guys can take home with you and use as well. So I'm pretty excited about this. So the current, parad the current training paradigm is all based on technique, technique, technique. That's what we're faced with today.
okay? And there's little of the mindset piece done because there's few of the coaches, but you can find technical coaches on every corner. And the reason why, it's getting harder and harder to bring it down from the Olympic level. Why? Because at the Olympic level, they don't have mindset coaches. They don't need them. And it's hard to get this information down even more. So our training, it needs to be based on the think piece and the training piece early on. And it needs to be both of them at the same time. You need to be working on the think piece and the training piece together, right? Just like we gotta be working on the self-image piece at the same time. And so we need to be competent in the technical piece and we need to be competent in the mindset piece. With the current, with the current paradigm, the, the challenge with it is, is that in the current paradigm, this is not being taught and trained and coached, okay? And it's all technical. So when we talk about training for high-stakes situations, okay, we've got to have mindset. We do. We've got to grow our self-image so it becomes like us to do this right okay now so let's take a look at what this looks like with top athletes and doing the think piece and the training piece both so here are some things that are interesting about the, the top five okay the first piece is they are committed to a system and running the programs within that system they're committed to it and they trust and they commit to it all the time. If you don't have commitment into your system, you're going to have a hard time beating your competitors. Bottom line, th these are the traits and habits, habits, straight traits, habits, and attitudes of the great athletes. Okay. Also, number two is the, their training is very deliberate. Okay, and they have lots of reps on the physical skills. But here's the other piece. And we talked about this in a previous episode. They have lots of reps on the knowledge piece. And I mean, I, I deal with this with athletes all the time, is they're so caught up in just getting reps in and aimlessly and randomly going about things that they have no clue how to build the capacity and tolerance of the knowledge piece because nobody ever talks about it with them, okay? So when we talk about reps, okay, getting the reps in in the training, that needs to be defined, it needs to be measured, and it needs to be timed, all right? And number three, there's, this is true, the, we talk about the opportunities, right? There's no such thing as an unsubsidized athlete. All athletes, if you're going to have an opportunity, it's got to be subsidized, okay? You've got to have somebody helping you, okay? And the opportunity, when that opportunity is offered, you always seek that opportunity, okay? And if the opportunity is being provided by someone else, you've got to always thank them, right? So even when I'm training with my athletes, okay, I'm always getting a thank you. I'm thanking them. I'm thanking them for this opportunity to work with them, and they're thanking me for the opportunity to learn. Okay. 
and especially if it's being pro provided by somebody else. And number four, the mindset mastery. The ability, these athletes, these top athletes have the ability to prepare adequately for a task, okay? They have the ability, they master the ability to prepare adequately for a task and to execute the task under pressure and respond appropriately and proportionately to the outcome, whether it is the outcome that they desired or not. Okay, so let me repeat that again. These ultra elite athletes have the ability to prepare adequately for a task. Okay, their training is defined, it's measured in time. Okay, and they execute the task well under pressure, on demand, and then they respond proportionately and appropriately to the outcome, regardless of the outcome, whether it's what they desire or not. And that goes for the task, it goes for the event or the game, uh, the day of training, whether it's qualifying or a competition day, the day, the week, the month, the year. And we're gonna get into that in a little bit, in a little bit more about on the re, how you reinforce, okay? So again, they have the ability to prepare for the task, they have the ability to execute the task under pressure, on demand, and also the ability to respond proportionately and appropriately to the task whether it's their whether it's the desired outcome or not okay now these great teams and athletes they have self-image they have great self-images right because you look at the patriots you look at the yankees i mean you look at the nationals they just got sick and tired of being sick and tired that's all you got the astros i mean they have all they all have great self-images because it's like them to get to the playoffs it's like them to get to october it's like them to win Super Bowls. So here's the thing is these great athletes have great self-image and it's possible that us as athletes and you have you are athlete or coaches we're making mental errors and we don't even know it. And we talk about that principle of picture, right? And this is a challenge and because we keep doing it on a regular basis and especially on the self-image. We know that so the self-image, it's like a bank, okay? And we have to keep making deposits into the bank all the time. And those, those are positive reinforcements. And we're gonna get into these imprints here in a little bit of what those imprints look like. But it's imprint after imprint. So every time you make a negative imprint or say something negative, it's making a withdrawal from the self-image and it starts to shrink it, okay? And a lot of times we will make these deposits and withdrawals of negative impacts or imprints. We don't even know it. And you know, there's a lot of self-help books out there, but most of them don't even discuss the self-image. And if they do, they just touch on it. So is it possible? And here's, here's something really crazy when you talk about habits and attitudes, all right? Is it possible to not do something when you can actually do it. Think about that for a second. 
Is it possible to not do something when you can actually do it? That's when we talk about habits and attitudes. What are our habits and what are our attitudes of us? And we do it. And do, but, we, do we, but, we, but do we have the ability to not do it? Well, we have to train ourselves. okay? It's, you know, when you look at, you know, the recipe that these athletes have, okay, it's attitude impacts outcome, okay? We know that for sure. So if you, ha if you, if there's, if you say that, you know what, I, I can't do this, uh, you have about a 20 to 25 to 30% chance of success of saying, you know what, I can't do this. If you get to where, you know what, I think I can do this, just by saying, I think I can do this, you have about a 40 to 50% chance of success. Just by going from saying, I can't do this, you know what, I think I can do this. 20 to 30% chance of not being able to do it to almost a 50% chance Hey, of getting it done. You know, I think I can do this. You know, now you move up and say, you know what, I can do this. Now all of a sudden, you move to like a 60 to 70% chance of success of going, I can do this. And then as you keep working up and you do it, now you're into the uh, 70 to 80% chance of success. And then when you do it, now you're in the 90, 100% chance. And that's where all these athletes operate in is that I can do this, I did it. I can do this, I did it. And they trust and they commit all the time to what they're doing regardless of the situation, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of how they're performing. They always trust and they can commit Look, I can do this. They trust that they can catch fire. See, that's the difference between good athletes and great. The great athletes always believe that they can catch fire. And more importantly, not only that, they train to catch on fire. And if their self-image is growing to where it's like me to do this, regardless of where my skill set is, it's like me to do this regardless of the situation. That, has a, that is seriously driven by your habits and your attitudes. Okay? Because what's crazy is these top athletes, they're not trying to win an event. They're not trying to win the game. All they're doing is trusting their performance. That's all they do is trust. The thing is, is most people don't think like this. Everybody else is, oh, I'm going to go win. I mean, even in training, you know, it's like, you know, when we're working with our athletes, you know, everything's defined, it's measured, it's timed. And just like with these guys, like with our young athletes, you know, they start off on four footers, right? Some start on five because they're advanced and the ultra elites start at six feet. And they work on these four footers. And they trust and they commit to the system and running the mindset program and making these four footers time and time and time again.
over and over and over and it changes their habits it changes their attitudes and they get to the point it's like regardless of what happens it's like me to make these four footers so listen to this I spent the day um, out at the training facilities working with uh, some young athletes and one particular athlete just started working with her she's in our onboarding program and every once in a while I get some face time with these athletes and she's 14 she's a she's a freshman so we started working on four footers today I just wanted to kind of see where she was at running the program and everything and building the strategy running the mindset program and then reloading after the shot and she's on fire and she's only been in the onboarding program for just a short period of time and I'm like I'm like, Nicole, this is pretty impressive. I'm like, holy cow, you're knocking this out of the park. She goes, oh, yeah, coach. She goes, I meant to tell you, on Monday, I had a personal best of 286 four-footers in a row. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? 286 four-footers in a row. I mean, she's ripped off just 50 in a row just like that. She goes, yeah, and I said, you gotta tell, I said, I've, I've never had that many with an athlete. Athletes never made that many before that I've worked with. I mean, it's impressive, and she's only been doing this for a short period of time. I said, how long did this take you? She said, it took me two and a half hours. I'm like, that's about right. Oh my gosh. I mean, do you not think it's becoming like her to do that? And whatever situation that she's in, it's like me to do this. It's like me to make four-footers because this is how I train. That kind of gives you a glimpse. And most people are not thinking like that, okay? So let's talk about how you can start to change your self-image as an athlete or as a coach or even as a parent helping your kids, okay? The first thing is is that it's done through imprinting, okay? And, we, and everything that we think, what we think about, what we talk about, and what we write about, okay, are imprints, okay? So the first imprint that these ultra-athletes work on is the first imprint that we deal with. Is called, it's an actual imprint, okay? And this is where you're actually performing the task. And let's say, for example, you perform the task such as a, a hit or a throw or a pitch or a pass or a serve, and you, you actually do that great. That has an imprint on your self-image. Or if you do it bad, I like to use the term needs work as opposed to bad because bad has negative connotations. Needs work talks about solutions. We can talk about solutions-based training. So if it's great, it grows a self-image. If it needs work, it can shrink the self-image if you allow it to, but if you immediately go to the solutions, if it needs work, you put the solutions in place, that changes your focus to the solution and it protects self-image. And then it becomes like you to put solutions in place. That's why learning solutions are so important. So an actual imprint of you performing the task, either great or needs work, it either grows or it can shrink self-image. The second one, this is, this is really good because it happens all the time, is imagined imprints, okay? So, imagined imprints. This is what you think about, 
okay? If you think about a bad shot, sorry about that, guys had a call that came in. Um, so if you think about a bad shot, a play, a pass, or a hit, or a serve, anything that's bad, if you think about, if you're imagining that you do this bad, that shrinks the self-image, okay? Absolutely shrinks it, okay? Or, if you're worried about making the team, or worried about the performance, or worried about the shot, the pass, the play, the hit, the serve, all this worrying shrinks the self-image, okay? What's crazy is, is 90% of the stuff that you worry about doesn't even happen anyway, okay? So you need to think about what should you be imagining? You should be imagining yourself performing great all the time, okay? And you need to think about the solutions to the problem as opposed to the problem, okay? You don't talk about what you did wrong. It's a huge mental error. You imprint what you need to do. You talk about what you need to do. You talk about the solutions, okay? I'll never ask an athlete what they made on a hole, what they shot on nine holes. I don't ask them anything regards anything to outcome. Tell me what you did well. Tell me what you learned, okay? Tell me what solutions you need. What's your goal statement? Go into detail on what you learned. And we're going to get into that in just a second. But imagine imprints. Believe it or not, people imagine themselves performing poorly. That's a problem, okay? Great athletes don't. Great athletes imagine themselves having perfect performances. And that, that takes it to a whole new level. That's going to be a, a different episode, but that gets into dry firing and imprinting and preloading before the competition and preloading the golf course or preloading the competition that you're playing in. Dry firing is one of the... It is so powerful, it's insane, but that's, that's going to be a different show. So what people and athletes say Okay, what your friends say, what your parents say is an imprint. And it's a huge mental error talking about what you did wrong. Talk about what you did well. Talk about what solutions you need. Okay? Here's an interesting piece. The only sport that they don't allow negative uh, talk is martial arts. I mean, here's another piece too, because our society is... It, it can be negative, okay? Um, but I don't pay any attention to that stuff. I don't watch that crap. I don't pay any attention to that stuff. But here's the thing is that if people are talking about things that are not going well, okay, all right, and you're imprinting all the things that are going wrong, that's what you're going to become. You basically become what you imprint. What you think about, 
what you talk about and what you write about improves the probability of that thing happening. That's called the principle of reinforcement, good or bad. If you're imprinting all the negative things that are going on and all the bad things are happening, that's what you're going to get. Okay? Now here's something that the ultra-elite athletes do. They write everything down. And, and spending 10 minutes at the end of the day and unpacking your day, is a, it's a tremendous way to grow your self-image. Tremendous. And I have all our athletes use the Elite Performance Analysis Journal. And it has a huge impact on your self-image. Okay? And so now we get into the, the third imprint. Okay? I didn't mean to get off base there, but I just wanted to touch base on that just a little bit. So now the third one is environmental imprints. This is crazy because our environment has changed so much. That's people you work with, uh, people you train with, teammates, coaches, people watching the competition, friends, parents. I mean, it's funny. I mean, I, I actually talk with kids and they're like, man, I can't stand it when my, my parents come and watch me play because they point out all the negative things. And it happens. And it's not the intent of the parent, it's never the intent, but we have a tendency to point out things that are wrong, or what they did wrong. We don't need to be told what we did wrong. We already know it. We need to discuss solutions. So I do a lot of, I do a lot of parent coaching, believe it or not. And because um, when I ran my academy, I had 150 athletes in the academy, and we do parent-teacher um, workshop stuff and talk with parents, and it's huge. It's, it's, it's so important because I used to make mental errors all the time growing up. Not only as an athlete, I'd beat myself up. I didn't know how to train. I sucked. I was doing this. And then when I became a coach, you know, first doing it, man, I was pretty critical, and I was kind of critical in the negative way and didn't even realize it wasn't my intent but I'm pointing out negative things and we don't realize how much that shrinks the self-image, okay? Social media, oh my gosh. When you talk about environmental imprints, these are all the things that you do not have control of as an athlete. And it's the things that they talk about the most. You know, what somebody said about me on, on, on Twitter or Instagram or what have you. It doesn't matter. They're just words. They don't, I mean, you can't let that, that bother you. You don't have any control over it anyway. What you have a control over is how you imprint it, how you let it bother you, let it influence you in a positive way or influence you in a negative way. And you can go on and on about this stuff that you don't have control of. So the environmental imprints are really important in how you manage those. So you have actual imprints, okay? You have imagined imprints and you have environmental imprints and you know it's like in sports we have so many variables right so many variables especially in golf man it's got more vari variables than any sport I mean the ball will never sit in the same spot ever again it won't happen okay and and it won't sit on the same blade of grass. It won't sit up. It won't, it's always different. So there's so many variables. So it's important to control 
what we have control over and what are the things that we as athletes, these ultra elite athletes, what do they do really well at? They, they've got a great self-image, they manage their imprints, they manage their thoughts, they manage their routines, they manage, they build great strategies, they, they manage their strategies, they prepare for competition, they know how to prepare for competition, their training is defined, it's measured, it's timed, they know how to reinforce and grow their self-image. Those are the things, those are basically the six things that you have control of. The thoughts, the routine, your strategies, preparing for competition, your training, and reinforcing. And those are the things that you need to have control of and stay control of because those are the things that will help not only help grow your skill set, but also grow your self-image. You know, the performance analysis, you know, we talk about the, you know, I'll circle back to it, you know, it's the, the Olympic uh, journal that we use with our athletes. This is what they use, and it requires you to write down and unpack everything that you do on a regular basis. I got one right here, right? So I want you to think about this for a second. When things are defined and they're measured in their time, so everybody has negative thoughts, right? It happens. But let's say you have, a, you have a training day and or a competition day. At the end of the day, it's important that you unpack your day, all right? Let's say that you've got some negative thoughts going on. The, okay, performance analysis, okay, blocks that. It doesn't allow you to carry that past training. Because if you don't have anything to unpack it, you're going to carry that home with you. It's going to bother you. You're going to talk about it with your friends, how bad you're doing. You're going to talk it with your parents. You're going to talk about it with the other coaches, whatever it is. And you just keep imprinting this and multiplying and exacerbating, and it just keeps going and going. And next thing you know, it's just wearing you out, and all of a sudden you become that. So the PA blocks it and makes you do your entries, okay, on what I did today, what training I did today, okay? What did it look like, all right? Lay out your training, tell me exactly what you did, okay? Tell me what you did and tell me what you learned, all right? What solutions do you need? Why do you need these solutions? All right. What levels you trained in today and why did you train in these levels? What did you do great today and why did you do it? And then your goal statement. You know, your goal statement's always written in present tense. When athletes do these for 30 days, they never stop because the self-image keeps growing and growing and it changes, it changes your self-image to where it becomes like you to do it. So remember, as we talk about this, is that when you imprint what you want to have happen, and when you think about it, and when you talk about it, and you write about it, it improves the probability of that thing happening, good or bad. I hope you've enjoyed this show as much as I have enjoyed putting it together for you. 
And this is something that I preach every single day with our athletes. And I monitor it and I'm detailed and when they, when they get their imprints, I read their performance journals every morning uh, in our portal that we have when they upload them. And I'm going through them and I mark through them and if they're not written right, I make the corrections because I've got to get the imprints right because to grow their self-image. I don't allow any negative talk. It doesn't, it's not allowed. I shut it down because I know the damage that it can do. And if you'd like to get, uh, if you're interested in getting a, a journal, I can get these for you. And uh, just message me and I'll send you a link where you can get them. Also, too, is that give me some comments, right? And I'll make sure that I catch it in the rebroadcast. And again, I, I've so enjoyed putting this together for you. I hope you've enjoyed it. Hey, if you know someone that can benefit from this, pass it along to them. But also, if, you'd like, if you're interested in being a part of my private client group with my private athletes, uh, send me a message and we can set up a call and talk about some discovery of where you want to be and what it looks like. And I can give you some, we can have some good dialogue and I can help you with that. And I'm out of time tonight, and I could go on and on, but I'll tell you what, I'll see you next Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, and we'll tackle this again. Thanks for joining me, and have a great week.